Pepper Hot Pepper. Hey, William. Sai Guy. How are the levels looking? Hey. Okay. <laughs> do we know? Do you know what Stevie Lichtenstein's uh, Skype name is? Oh yeah, big time. Okay, great. Always have, always will. Great. I mean, it's probably in here somewhere. I should have it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Got it locked down in. I assume somewhere. I mean, you know. We've done it before. How hard could it be? Yeah. Okay. I got it. He's he's on right now. Not oh. on not on this call, but he's his light is green. His dot is green, rather. He's ready. He's ready to go. Uh, I can't wait to talk with him. I assume you're in the same boat. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. 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 Uh. Well, let's do some intro work, maybe. Okay, sure. Let's do a little work. Let's 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 just. Uh, what do we? What do you say? You're you're doing the program. Uh yes, folks. You better welcome back to the program of maybe next time. I am your host, William, but with my co-host, uh, his name's Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! I wish we were playing the Pistons for the championship. Uh, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Cade Cunningham! <laughs> uh, just kidding. I didn't watch either of the Pistons games. Uh, I know we won both of them. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah, barely won uh, yesterday's game. Yeah, we blew a pretty big lead there. We were doing our best Lakers versus Oklahoma City Thunder impersonation, <laughs> um, and still it was not enough to lose to the. I don't think it's insulting to call them the lowly Pistons. Uh, uh, not insulted, not not unfair at all. We have been the lowly Nets before. In fact, we fell in love with the lowly Nets. I envy, personally, I envy Simon Pistons fans and the fact that they get to root for a team this bad. William, that sounds like you're mocking them, but I know it's true. Yeah, that's a very sincere thing. Who's your favorite Piston, Simon? I love Jeremy Grant. You know that. Now, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it does seem like at this point in his career, if you have Jeremy Grant on your team, your team is guaranteed to suck. Not because Jeremy Grant sucks, but because Jeremy Grant will only play on a team where he is the focal point of the offense. Yeah. And that so, guy ain't the focal point of an offense. So far, what that will guarantee you is a, a one-win team. <laughs> yeah he's sort of like the the b-list bradley beal uh yeah i think he would take that <laughs> i mean they're both supposedly really good and their teams seemingly always suck when they're the best players uh is are the wizards back to sucking they had been doing well yeah they had a hot start but i think they're back to sucking also, their hot start came amidst Bradley Beal not playing well. Oh, so whoa, that's uh, well, they're that's... six and three still. They have the same record as us. Okay, well, I guess they're awesome. <laughs> I take it all back. Just I take, I take it all back, Bradley. 
Uh, I, but I mean, you're already smashing panic buttons with us. So why is that not the same for the Washington Wizards? Well, because I don't think the Wizards are slated to to be. They're not. They don't have championship expectations. But they got Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, and our buddy Spencer. How's he doing? I think he started hot, and now he's not. I keep hearing, and this is what makes me a little weary of listening to some uh, national podcasts about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because while it's a sexy and cool thing to be like, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie's better than Russell Westbrook. They upgraded at point guard, you know, and like Spencer Dinwiddie. But okay. Let me get to my actual point. That That is an annoying thing. He's probably not better than... I mean, he might be better than Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a nightmare. But the thing that annoys me is they off... They're like, you know, Spencer Spencer's an upgrade because he brings shooting. He brings... And then as soon as someone says that on a national broadcast, I immediately know that they basically have never actually watched Spencer Dinwiddie play basketball. Yeah, right. Shooting is never his bag. So I'm, I'm looking at... Right. I mean, compared to Russell Westbrook, maybe, but, um, but uh, yeah, he's shooting forty three percent in ten in nine games, forty three percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three, which is would definitely be a career high. Oh yeah, if he's able to sustain that, five rebounds, six assists. Yeah, pretty. So, how many points a game? Uh, seventeen. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So this is the podcast in which we talk about the Pistons and the Wizards (laughs) unrelentingly. Yeah, let's get over to Jared Allen's stat station. Oh, my God. I'd love to talk Cavs. Jared Allen is basically the best big in the NBA this season. (laughs) (laughs) He is playing a monster minutes. He's playing 32 minutes a game, including 39 minutes last night. Sorry, folks. But, you know, these are Nets. Right. Well, give me give me some nets. Give me some season stats on Jared. He's averaging a double double, right? Season stats? Uh, no. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, sorry. One second. Yes. I mean, he's he's... averaging eleven rebounds and fourteen point six points on seventy one point four percent shooting. Wow. Yeah, he's my lock, Simon, for third team All NBA this year. Well, if he keeps this up, I mean, that, those are some some monster numbers. God, yeah, no, that... he he le- he has a legitimate All Star case so far in the season. Um, God, that would be amazing to have his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. rebounds. He's a big boy. Um, yeah. So we aren't just going to talk about the Cavs, the Wizards, and the Pistons. <laughs> we are going to talk with our good friend. Esteemed colleague, do you think it, it's okay to call him a colleague? I don't think that's accurate, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anyone going to lock you up for it, but I don't think in any way we are colleagues. Well, we don't work together. We've both. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I think of colleague as someone who <laughs> has a podcast about the Nets. Okay. And he is someone who has had a podcast about the Nets. Yes. Okay. So by my... Contemporary, maybe? A contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> Brother in arms? <laughs> but certainly friend of the show. Certainly Absolutely friend of, of the show friend by the any show. definition, right? Your uh, definition, yeah. my definition, our definition. Definitely. Uh, your mouth's definition, Nets Nation's mouth, the mouth that is Nets Nation. Yes, Nets Nation mouth has has 
known for a long time that we that we likey Steve Lichtenstein. Yes, he is maybe the what third third most frequent guest ever. Compared to who? I don't know why he'd be third. Is he first? Who's who has? Well, more... Seth has been on a, a oh, number of yeah, times. Oh right. yeah, okay. Seth yes, has yes. been on. Of friends, James yeah. Kelly has been on a number right. of times. That's, that's true. James has probably been on about the same number of times as Steve. Like I would say, once a year, right? We usually have him on. Yeah, for the draft. Uh, I wonder. I yes, wonder what James sure. thinks about the Pistons, the Wizards, and the Cavs. Yeah, I often wonder that. I'm just like sitting around with Claire or my <laughs> newborn daughter, and I'll just, uh, uh, you know, out of nowhere, will wonder aloud to them what James is thinking about the Wizards. Exactly. William, he was, on October 20th, he was 11 for 11 from the field. Jared Allen, I know. that The first game of the season? Yeah. Yeah, no, he, is, he has been dominant this season. Wow. Yeah. And he's anchoring a really good defense. They have a decent record. Yeah, they yeah. Beat, they've they've won some big games too. They've beat some real teams. Yeah, realer I dare I dare say than any teams the Nets have beaten thus far. Huh? That I think is they beat the. I think. Ones. I think. Okay, are you looking at at who they've played? I yes, I am. All right. Who have the Who have the Cavs beaten? They just They just played the. I don't know who they've beaten because of the page i'm on and i'm not going to change my page but i can tell you who they've played they've played the, the raptors the trailblazers the hornets the suns the lakers the clippers the nuggets the hawks the hornets again the grizzlies so all you know play playoff okay so they the they've beaten they beat the the red hot five wins in a row raptors they beat the trailblazers they beat the mm-hmm. hornets a team we were so impressed that we had beaten they beat no, the we didn't pe- beat them. Oh, right. We lost to them. So they're, oh, we, they beat the Nuggets. That's the big team I was thinking of that they beat. Oh, they beat the, the Hawks, too. Yeah, yeah. So this team's for real. Oh, they Could beat the be. Hawks twice. They beat the Hawks twice. Yeah, like a drum. Like a drum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't see the scores, as I said. So anyway, listeners, this is all to say... <laughs> Simon and I are about to do an interview with our main man, Steve Lichtenstein, after which we have some really exciting stuff. Simon, I've got a stat station for you that'll make your toes curl. I've got a new segment that's called Bummer Alert. (laughs) Oh, no. I've got another edition of Consumerism Corner, and this one is hot. We're going to talk SPAC. Oh, no. Do you know SPAC? Yeah, special purpose acquisition company or something. <laughs> yeah, why is that a no-no for you? I thought that'd be a hell yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> well, this this podcast is all about discovery, right? That is, uh, yeah. It's about discovery through dialogue. That's our, our, our uh, catchphrase. Unofficial tagline, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> discovery through dialogue, re-spac. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then do we have anything else? No, that's I it. have a stat station for you, William. You have a stat station for me. Yeah. Fucking hell. All right. Oh, we're going to do an ad read. Same ad read as last week, but this time it'll be funnier. Yeah. Impossible to do that. Honestly, this is, I'm, I'm going to make the opposite clip. I'm going to say it's going to be less funny. 
Okay, good. Just to, just to keep people keep keep people on their toes, right? Exactly. Just keep you keep your expectations down, people. Um, all right, Simon, we are gonna welcome on Steve Lichtenstein, folks, and then I don't even know who I'm talking to or what I'm saying at the moment. Anyway, we're gonna stop right now, <laughs> start again, stop again, and then restart again. <laughs> That's the that's the clearest and most concise way I have of putting it. Yes, and then stop. And then stop for one final time. for for seven days. Right. And on the seventh day, we will pod again. Yes. Uh. All right. It's Simon. This is stop number one. Okay. Okay. I'm stop, ready. Stop number one. Go. Okay. Folks, uh, we are joined by our, I, I would argue, favorite guest uh, of, of, uh, of the show. Um, he's been on the show many times. He is the one, the only Steve Lichtenstein. You can uh, please subscribe to Steve's uh, Substack. It is free. He covers the Nets, uh, writes several times a week on the Nets. He also writes about the Jets and the, the Devils. Uh, he is your go-to source for an unvarnished, um, very, very honest and often very statistically driven, uh, analysis of your Brooklyn Nets. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on Steve, uh, to the show. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Love you guys and, uh, wish you the best. Thank you. You too. Um, so I guess, uh, William, I, I'll, I'll ask my, my first question. I'll ask the first question, uh, if you don't mind. You'll lob the first bomb. I'll, I'll lob the first bomb <laughs> to our to our our gracious guest here. Um, just curious, Steve, what is your latest thinking on uh, on James Harden? Where where do you think he is? Do you think we should be worried? Do you think it's not really cause for concern? You know, what what are, what are your thoughts? Absolutely, worry. I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to any conclusions. That's the thing. Like everyone is pointing to that uh, one play in Detroit uh, last night, where you know he let uh, Sadiq Bay just take the ball in the backcourt, and you know that to me that wasn't what was you know what was hindering his play before. That was just a mental brain fart, if you will. He, he you know he was there. It wasn't like he didn't hustle. He just lost his mind in thinking that he didn't have to pick the ball up or he wasn't allowed to pick the ball up. So I mean, that's the latest uh, gif that people are making fun of these days. The issues right now are whether or not he can beat that first guy off the dribble. Now he was never the fastest guy, but he, he did, he did have very, very quick stop start, you know, in his prime. And he was able to always beat that first guy with his dribble. He's having a lot more difficulty now. Now, whether that is because, as he said, he is trying to get back to playing the game of basketball instead of rehabbing because he really hasn't played at the James Harden level since when did he first get hurt? March 31st. Um, So it's been a long time since he's been able to play like that. Or is it the start of, you know, a natural decline due to age? So, yes, you can worry, but you certainly can't jump to any conclusions. Okay. So, where, which side are you leaning on? 
Is he? Oh, I, are you? Know, are are, are you optimistic? Are you half full or half 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 empty? Half full or half empty here? I'd say half full because, you know, he, he, this guy is a basketball savant, and he knows how to make adjustments. You can see right now that he's trying to change the way he finishes around the basket. Fewer, you know, the neck snaps where you think he's getting whiplash, you know, and arms flailing up in the air. Because he knows that those are signals that the refs are looking for and not going to give him the call. So he's already starting to adjust. Remember, we're, we're at game eight or nine. We're tomorrow's game 10. You know, it's a long season. And he doesn't have to be right until, you know, next April, you know, when they start playing in for real, the playoffs. I completely agree. Simon is is smashing the panic button on James Harden. I I think I think we need to wait a little bit on that one. Yeah, the, the, you see, the thing is, he's always been a bit of a lollygagger on the defensive end. You know, he has a tendency to coast. You know, when he's in, you know, in help defense position or, you know, defending in transition. Or on and the perimeter, just, yeah, he is not. He yeah, is not. Well, good. you know what? He's he's better. When someone is challenging him, because he doesn't want to look bad, mm-hmm. so in a in a one on one situation, you know he's he's going to look better. You know he's not going to be able to stop a really fast guard who's ball handling, but he'll body someone in the post, a bigger guy. Yeah, I think that's him. That's his best move defensively is getting him on the post, guarding fours or something like that. Right, but in, you know he's not going to guard a primary ball handler all that often, so that allows him to just you know hang hang out, if you will. Out, you know, and he'll be beaten by cuts. Guys will sneak in for offensive rebounds, you know, because he won't box out. So those are the things that are annoying. But you always hope that, you know, he can just do enough so that his elite offensive talent, you know, takes over and exceeds whatever he gives up on the defensive end. I'm with you. We got to wait. He'll get there. Maybe. Um, um, worry? Yeah, yes, but don't conclude. Right, okay. right, right. I'm are you, smashing it. Are, are I'm you, concluding. You, come on. You're feeling better now. I know you don't listen <laughs> no. to me, but you're going to listen to Steve. No, I mean, I appreciate it, Steve, but uh, we got to hammer that panic button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want a panic button, it's the fact that Kyrie Irving probably might not play this year. That, that to me, is is a bigger problem than James Harden I, right now. I was going to see how long it would take till we got around to old Kyrie. I, I personally was going to hold off until until one of you two brought it up, but since you've brought his name <laughs> into this conversation, let's do the obligatory, what do you think realistically is going to happen with Kyrie Irving this year? Well, I, I got pounded for making uh, a, a prediction on sub, on that Substack account, uh, that Substack blog, but basically, I don't think he's really going to play for the Nets this season. I think it, the longer he goes on, the harder it is for him to say, you know what, I'm going to just take the vaccine. Because if he's going to take it in February, why didn't he just take it in November? Right. You know, but, you know, I, there, was hope, there was some hope that uh, may, the new mayor-elect Adams would change the rules with the mandates but I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, the, the original executive order, people seem to always misunderstand what has led Kyrie Irving to make this announcement. It's the executive order, not the NBA, not the Players Association. It's the executive order of New York City that 
you know, has some inconsistencies in it in allowing a Bradley Beal, for instance, to come play at Barclays Center. But Kyrie Irving can't. They're both unvaccinated. And on top of that, even more mind-boggling to me is that they deemed the Nets practice facility in uh, the hospital special special surgery facility on 38th Street in Brooklyn or 39th Street. Oh, yeah. And they deemed that... Yeah, they deemed that an office building. Right. So Kyrie Irving is allowed to practice and hang out in the locker room unvaccinated, but he can't play. That, you know, those types of things just feed into the worst kind of thinking by the other side, the anti-vaxxers. And, you know, I don't know what Kyrie's real reason is. It doesn't matter. He, He has no reason. He should be getting vaccinated. You know, it's... If not just for him, it's for the community. I can't believe no one has implored upon him. You know, he's Mr. Community. He does so much, some of it, most of it unpublicized, but he does so much for the community. How he doesn't understand or how no one's been able to make him understand that getting vaccinated helps the wider community. It helps his team, his family. The, the guy at the sage counter where he buys his sage. <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't, doesn't have a reason. The, he doesn't have a real reason. The whole thing with voice of the voiceless, where, you know, where's his voice been? Other than that Instagram thing, you know, and sometimes he posts some cryptic message on social media. Yeah, I saw him post a symbol been? recently, just a symbol, which right. was yeah. pretty bad. What, what's, yeah, the vo- Steve, the what's... voiceless, I mean, it's on, just turn to all the channels that, you know, he would normally despise. The, you know, the far right channels on TV, they, they, they echo his voice. He's not right. voiceless. Right. So he has no reason. And I, for the life of me, I, I don't understand it, but. I guess everyone's saying it's Kyrie, so what do you expect? So, yeah. It, oh, go ahead, William. Well, I'm just wondering. All right. I, I agree with you. I think he's he's going to double down um, uh, so long as this mandate, which see, or the executive order stays in, in place, and it seems likely that it is. So if we agree that he's likely not coming back to the Nets this season, do you think uh, there's any possibility of a trade? Well, it'd be very difficult if he comes out and says that he's not going to play even if he gets traded. So what are you going to get for him? Remember, he also he, that contract is, is going to be difficult to trade no matter what. So, you know, where are you going to trade him? You're not trading him for Ben Simmons. I don't even think the, the Sixers would trade him for Ben Simmons at this, at this stage. So I, I don't know what you can get. I think it's basically they're just going to run out this season, let it play out, They'll probably try to pick up some someone who gets bought out, you know, after the deadline. Can, can I tell you? Improve. Can I tell you who my fantasy uh, trade guy would be? Who? We trade Kyrie for Jonas Valanciunas. No, that's, <laughs> why would you want that? <laughs> that's what everyone tells me, Steve. Nobody <laughs> likes that idea except for me. They don't. They need a guy who's like six foot eight and can shoot and defend. They yeah, need like, more like a Trevor Ariza. Right, or like a DeAndre you know? Hunter who just lit us up when we played him the other day. Exactly. That's someone like that. That's what they that's what they really need. They don't need a seven foot uh, Eastern European guy? 
<laughs> a back to the basket stuff. They have three centers. I mean, <laughs> and they can get away with three centers that they have. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge, the guy is what is he? Twenty-two of twenty-seven from the mid-range. I mean, yeah. it, it's not like these shots are difficult in that he's just getting lucky. Yeah, they're just open shots. He just doesn't. They're like free throws for him. These shots that are from like fifteen feet on an angle, they're like free throws for him. And I, you know, is. As long as he can defend in that drop coverage, you know, they're, they're fine with him playing 22 minutes and Blake playing 26 minutes. And if not, you know, Claxton will come back. And, you know, for certain matchups where you need a guy who can switch onto a guard, uh, they're fine at that position. They need the problem is that they have the problem that they're having right now is a Harden and Durant, you know, aren't being staggered exactly. So there's that three-minute period after the first quarter and start of the second, start of the fourth, where the Nets are playing a five-man unit that just can't score. That and they're letting these teams back in the game. Once they, you know, once those, once Harden plays more minutes and Durant plays more minutes, that should go away. But of course, that also depends on Harden uh, being right. You know, the funny thing is, is everyone says they traded. For Harden as Kyrie insurance, well, they might need Kyrie to come back to be Harden insurance. Mm. Do, do you, speaking of tall and can shoot threes, sort of. Oh, uh, I'd God, love to I knew get this was thoughts. coming. <laughs> because you, uh, folks who don't know Steve, they, one thing you got to know about him, he is a Paul Millsap maniac. <laughs> uh, and you've won me over, Steve, to, to, the, to the cult of Paul Millsap, but. My co-host is skeptical, so if you wouldn't mind giving William and our, our listeners your your reasons for why you think he should get uh, more minutes and why you think he's valuable to this team. Well, right now he's looking horrendous because he's playing with that five-man group that I just referenced. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you want Paul Millsap to, to create offense, you know, mm-hmm. starting from outside the top of the key, you know, that's not really what he does. He's a guy that is, you know, is a glue guy. He would fit in, you know, next to KD and Harden and next to a real center like Blake or Aldridge. Uh, You know, I think in that type of situation, you know, all those offensive rebounds, they disappeared when he came into that game. I'm trying to remember where was the, uh, I can't remember if it was the Miami game or the game after, uh, they, they, they remember the Nets were having these problems with on the on their own defensive glass. Oh yeah, uh, Mil, Millsap came in and that that just went away because he's a he's a real tough guy underneath, has very good hands, and the the issue right now is that he's being asked to create too much offense, and he you know he's old so he's not going to be as effective as he used to be. Yeah, the uh, the Millsap Bimbery pick and roll is not the uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the greatest play right. in the world. Uh, what about you? You mentioned Blake Griffin. Um, there has been some murmuring in Nets Nation uh, that that Blake is looking a little bit washed this season. Uh, how are you feeling about Blake? Uh, do you think there's any chance he gets? drop from the starting lineup maybe a Millsap steps in there what what are your thoughts on old Blake well right now with uh KD being the only other big on the floor and he doesn't always play big because you just can't have him do everything 
you know, Blake is a necessity because he does all the dirty work. He takes charges. He boxes out. He hits people. The problem that people are seeing is that he can't shoot threes. And, you know, we'll see if he gets back towards his regular percentage going forward. But, yeah, it is a problem if he's not making threes and you have him and Bruce Brown in the starting five whom defenders who defenses don't have to guard. So uh, that that's the issue that I think Nets fans are having, not with any of the other stuff. No, the charge the charge taking he is uh, in a, in a league of his own on that one. Yeah, so I mean, you can you want they play Aldridge a little more when you know they they feel needed. I mean, there's sometimes that Aldridge. I'm kind of shocked. I mean, Kenny Atkinson used to do this all the time. He Aldridge would come in with six minutes left to go in a third quarter. And then play straight through to the end of the game. It's a guy with a heart condition, and he's playing like 18 straight minutes without a with only the uh, TV timeouts as a rest. So, uh, but I, I think Blake has been a necessity on this team, doing a lot of the dirty work because Harden isn't going to do it. Uh, Joe Harris tries to do it, but he's just not that good at it, and you just can't have Kevin Durant you know, do all the boxing out and grabbing all the rebounds. Uh, you, you mentioned the odd, uh, the odd rotation of Aldridge coming in with six minutes in the third and playing all the way through Steve Nash. We saw this in the playoffs with KD playing him 48 minutes a game. Uh, he has sort of a, an old school nineties rotation mentality. Do you think that that's, uh, that could hurt this team, or do you think that's a, a breath of fresh air? I'm not sure what you mean by '90s. Well, just play, play mental. like playing guys into the ground. You play your, your you play your guys uh, till well, they till they can't go anymore. I think I think the stars have a lot of input into their playing time. I think there are times that Nash pulls them out, and they're kind of lobbying to go back in, and it takes you know Nash wants to win these games. So he's going to try to uh, use the re- as much rest as he can for them, and then he feels he has no choice. But if you want to win the game, you need Kevin Durant and James Harden. And now as for them playing the whole game in the playoffs, well, I mean, it, you, in Game 7, they had the, you know, if they didn't, because they didn't win, they had the rest of the summer to rest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Playoffs, playoffs uh, understandable. Regular season, perhaps a little more concerning. Right. I think I think Harden played a little too much in the regular season last year, but he had always been doing that. And it was a necessity with, you know, with Irving playing, you know, missing those seven games because he was absent and Durant having the uh, the groin issue and then the COVID issue. So he needed to ride James Harden hard. And I don't know if that had any effect on why he got hurt, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, we've been talking about lots of our concerns and we've mentioned this person's name and this is the sort of opposite of a concern. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. Legit NBA MVP candidate this season, having a great year. What are your thoughts on Kevin Durant this season? Greatest player in the world right now. I mean, I haven't seen enough of Giannis, but from what I've been reading, yeah, his Giannis is perimeter game is getting better but not the not at the level of Kevin Durant. I mean Kevin Durant had a bad game yesterday. 
He shot 12 for 27 and made all the plays down the stretch to win the game. I mean, the guy is simply the best player in the world, in my opinion, and I can't believe the Brooklyn Nets have him. I know. We, you got you to pitch yourself. William and I yourself. say that at least three or four times every game that we watch together. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's truly remarkable. I mean, we're used to seeing Javon, the Javon Carter types dribble the ball off and, you know, go around a pick and shoot a terrible off-the-dribble pull-up, you know, <laughs> that has no chance. And you, you like, you shake your head. Then you see Kevin Durant do it, and you go, all right, he missed it, but, you know, he can make that. At a right. pretty good rate. No, there's never so, and never a shot he takes where I'm I'm I think it's not right. gonna go in. I mean, it was a problem yesterday. I mean, there were about three or four possessions in a row where, you know, there were no no pass possessions. And, you know, it was just Kevin Durant dribbling the ball up, finding a screen, shooting, and he missed. But you keep saying, Well, he's not gonna keep missing all the time and you know, like I said, he had a bad game and he still shot forty four percent from the field. Right. Right. And um, Steve, I'm curious what you think about speaking of uh, keeping it on the bright side here. um, We are at least as of now a top 10 10 defense. Um, Last year, our defense was, you know, not good. Um, But this year we've added more defensive players and also we're going to need to be better, I think, defensively, because we just I mean, without Kyrie. We don't have a particularly uh, spectacular offense. So do you think that that's something that we can sustain, or do you think that's sort of fool's gold right now too early in the season? Well, it is too early in the season, but you have to know that they did change the foundation of the defense, and that was my topic of my last uh, blog piece on Substack on the Nets. You know, they're in drop coverage almost exclusively now. Remember they used to switch everything? Mike D'Antoni was the assistant you know, and that's what James Harden wants to do. He doesn't want to, you know, chase around and be responsible for rotations and stuff like that. But now that they're in drop coverage, you know, if if uh, Aldridge has to drop into the paint, you know, everyone has to funnel and then uh, come out to the perimeter shooters, and they're doing a better job of that. So I think what happens is D'Antoni is gone. They brought in Steve Clifford as a coaching consultant. And I, I, as I said this, I don't know for sure, uh, but I'm just speculating. He's a guy that wants, understands that to be a good defense, you have to be multiple. Like uh, my friend Tim Capstraw says on the Nets broadcast, when you play against Tom Brady, you can't show him the same defense every time, whether it's man, zone, blitz. You got to mix it up and try to disguise what you're doing. So sometimes the Nets will switch, but some, but most of the times they're not. So we'll see how much they can add on to their base going forward. See if they do things like, uh, you know, hedging or blitzing uh, on the pick and rolls, especially when they play like a Damian Lillard type. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want you, you know, you if if you can't go drop coverage against Damian Lillard, even though he's shooting terribly right now but normally or Steph Curry when they play the Warriors you have to have someone on the other side of the screen ready to jump out so we'll see how what they uh, come up with you know as the season goes along yeah so which of these guards are you most impressed with defensively uh, Javon Carter DeAndre Bembry which of these guys are you liking uh, I mean Bembry is 
probably the most active in terms of results. You know, what was the term? Carter's like all, uh, I can't remember, all activity, no achievement. You know, he, <laughs> Carter gets into you, but he doesn't really come up with steals or deflections. Bembry has, you know, he'll get into you and be active, but he'll get steals. He'll get deflections. Mm-hmm. So I would say he's more impressive on that end. Sure. Mills fights. But he's just too small, so that's a problem. And J- am I am I correct? James Johnson seems to have already fallen out of the rotation, or am I am I missing something? No, he he was that was always going to be a long shot because you know he could only play you know with like four other guys who know how to score from the perimeter because Nash rarely plays more than one non-shooter on the floor at the t- at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and what, what are your, so give us some of your, as we maybe begin to wrap up, although I don't know, William, if you have, um, many more questions, but I've got endless questions, but yeah, we can, we can, we can start, we can start to wind down. We can wind down. (laughs) I'm here all night. (laughs) So, but I, I, uh, one question is just sort of like, do you think, well, let's say, let's say Harden is playing better than he is now. Do you think that this is enough, what we have is enough to realistically compete for a championship? Or do you think that we need a Kyrie or somehow some kind of trade or or some, some something else um, than, than what we have right now um, well, to, to compete? I'll, I'll answer your question as asked, which is that they can compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. I think if they had Kyrie Irving, they would be the, a heavy favorite for winning the Eastern Conference. Uh, just because, you know, he gives him they give, he gives an extra explosive scorer that other teams just don't have. I mean, the Nets already have probably the most explosive scorer in the game in Kevin Durant, and even Harden at eighty percent is still pretty damn good. Now you add a Kyrie Irving, and they only have to play defense for a little bit to win games. They were, you know, they they didn't have Irving the last three games of the Milwaukee series, Harden was on one leg, and they came within a toenail of beating the Bucks in Game 7. So I think this supporting cast is at least just as good as the one from last year. And even if you factor in the fact that uh, Miami got better and maybe Milwaukee is a little better, Philadelphia got worse, Boston looks like they're imploding. So I think the Nets, you know will compete as is if they're healthy and if they get Irving back, they'd be heavy favorites. So where do you think they regular season? They finish in the East. Very hard to say. I predicted 52 wins, but that, you know, that's judging that Irving isn't going to play, you know, Harden and Durant play about 70 games. So they'll probably finish like second, third seed in the East. Okay. Uh, I would like to hear, before we get out of here, uh, your take on two of the more, on the younger, more exciting parts of the Nets that are really at this point unproven commodities, a lot of potential upside, but also uh, maybe not even going to be able to contribute this year. And that would be Cam Thomas, who is apparently going to start playing with the the, uh, G League team. And 
Nick Claxton, who has come down with another illness. Where are you at with those two guys? Which do you think uh, is going to have a bigger impact this year? Mm. I was starting to. I'm going to start to take a look at Thomas a little bit because initially I thought he'd have no impact because Kyrie was here. Uh, but now that he isn't, and I've seen what Javon Carter can and can't do, maybe they have to take a look at see what give Tam, Cam Thomas a shot. So let him get some action in the G League first, and then see where he's at. Uh, as for Claxton, I really thought he'd be a, a good contributor, but I don't know what Nash was thinking using him the way he did early on with the starters chasing wings. I mean, what's he doing chasing Chris Middleton around the floor? This is a guy who's best, you know, in a pick-and-roll switch, one-on-one, on-ball, and now you're having him, you know, chase Chris Middleton, and he just looked totally out of sorts at the beginning of the season. Uh, Nash said that he had some conditioning problems. Maybe he was ill before. I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping, again, long season, you know, come January, you know, December, January, that he finds himself a role on this team because he brings – you know, that that ability to switch, you know, out onto guards. And if you just play bigger behind him, you won't get killed on the boards. That's just, you know, you play a Millsap and a Durant behind Claxton and he ends up having to switch onto Russell Westbrook. You know, you, you, you got bodies underneath who can rebound and he misses. And believe me, if Claxton's guarding Westbrook, the ball's going up and Westbrook's going to miss. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that is something that this team doesn't has that the last team doesn't have, which is the ability to actually play like Kevin Durant at the three in some lineups. Um, which yeah, to your point, kind of opens up the opportunities for for your Claxtons. Um, and yeah, I I how just my I mean, last just, question. Sorry, sorry, just one of the best lineups last year. One of their better two man lineups was Claxton and Griffin. You know, you wouldn't think that, you know, two, two centers, so to speak, but really Griffin's a forward, and he's just, you know, playing center the way Kevin Dur- Kevin Garnett used to have to do that under Jason Kidd. Right. But to do that, don't you think this year Blake's got to start hitting threes a little more? Uh, of course, yeah. But, again, he's, he, he's still a winning – he's still a plus player because yeah. of the other things he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, William, you have any other cues? Uh, I'd be curious who, which Eastern team you would be most afraid of in the playoffs. Well, the obvious answer is Milwaukee. I mean, they're the defending champs. Their core is back for another run, and they seem to have added some depth. Uh, they have a lot of shooting. Uh, I know right now they're not playing all that well, but you know, it's uh, who gives a damn part of the season. Uh, things always are weird in the month of October and November. Uh, I would say by playoff time, they're the most dangerous team. Uh, you're not? Are you not buying Miami right now? Um, I'm not really buying them. I know they're going to be tough physically. They're going to be a tough out mm-hmm. for anybody. I, I'm just. I'm not a fan of Tyler Hero. Um, you know. Duncan Robinson. I'm, I'm just not a fan of these guys. They, I, 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 I'm, I know I respect Spolstra enormously, but, uh, you know, I don't think they're big enough to handle Milwaukee. You know, if they play Brooklyn, 
Brooklyn has Kyrie, I think it would be you know a five game series. Yeah, I mean that's the thing for me with the Bucks. I just feel like we showed last year that when even vaguely healthy, we are the better team. So I'm not as worried about them. But a team like Miami, they've got they're just defensively so dogged. They're like the opposite of the Nets, right? All all for their stars and their starters are uh, are just grinders out there and they work so hard and they just they're on you from the start like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are leaving it all on the court and we are just all you know sort of finesse offense things like that I'm, that's the team I'd be most worried about yeah I just think that you know in in the playoffs it's about creating shots mm-hmm. and the only one that really does that is Butler and, you know, I don't know if he can be the, the the guy like that the way he was two years ago. I mean, that bubble uh, year took a lot out of the heat. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's I, – I agree with – I mean, I, I think those two teams – I also think Philadelphia is going to be very tough even with – Well, Philadelphia, if they ever – if Simmons ever gets mentally yeah, ill, yes. it's TBD they, what's going on with that team. I think. Right. <laughs> I mean that they're like the Nets without Irving, you know. With with Simmons, they're dangerous because of the way they defend, and Embiid is is usually one of the better players on the court. And but without him, you know, they're just, you know, I don't know if they're better than the Knicks. Whoa! Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, are are they better than the Knicks with, if they don't have Ben Simmons? You just eliminated him and don't trade him for anything. No, yeah. and especially with how fragile Embiid is, yeah, I, I think they're just uh, a lot could go wrong for that team this year. Yeah. Uh, all right, anything else, William? Uh, well, final, yeah, final prediction, Steve. Where where are we going to end up in the uh, at the end in, in the playoffs? Are we winning it all? Uh, championship run, Eastern Conference well, Finals. Just tell me I, we're getting out I, of the second round. I need, I need, have- I need that. I have a bet with a friend of mine from last year that one of these two seasons, because we didn't know that Durant would extend, that one of these two seasons the Nets would get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I picked them last year, and they, like I said, they came a toenail away from me winning. So I'm picking them again to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing to Milwaukee. Uh, Again, because I don't think they'll have Kyrie. But I think they will get, you know, Milwaukee will be the one seed, the Nets will be able to beat the three seed without them. Okay, how how does that make you feel, Simon? Not good. We got we got to get a championship. I mean, I agree with you, Steve. I I, I don't think it, I Kyrie. You know, you know, go go uh, post on Kyrie's social media. Tell him <laughs> know, that he's letting you down. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a more no He has no reason, and he, and he's letting you down. I mean, yes. Yeah. The way it is with rooting for the Nets, something always happens. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I hear the same thing from uh, from uh, Robert Scott. What is his uh, Evan Roberts? Evan Roberts. Yeah. Yes, you 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 both have you you both have been Nets fans for longer than William and I. And, yeah, and I mean, I saw Julius Irving play at Nassau Coliseum. Wow. Seeing him in in the NBA, but yeah. you know what? They traded him for some cash. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I actually do have one. I'm sorry. One final question for me is, do you feel like I, I certainly understand from a basketball standpoint, having Irving on the team makes you better that that I'm not disputing. Uh, but in terms of if he comes back, do you think that that creates 
uh, either locker room drama or feel, you know, create some sort of weird waves, especially because, you know, you know, you know, the next Kyrie bomb is is going to go off at, at some point. Do, do you do you fear that even, even if he does come back? Are you at all wary of, of what that does to the to the chemistry, the culture, the anything like that? Nah, because the way they acted in the preseason, remember Kyrie was allowed to be around the team during the preseason. Yeah. And they were all, you know, pretty, you know, that practice in the park, you know, they yeah. were all pretty friendly. No one was yeah. like, damn, Kyrie, you got to get vaccinated. We're in trouble. You know, they weren't shunning him then. And remember, he's one of the most respected players in the league. Um, you know, people may disagree with his stance. But, you know, I think KD still considers him a good friend. I think Harden might have less patience because Harden doesn't have that ring yet. But I think the rest of the team understands that having Kyrie Irving, you know, adding, let's say they add him at the trade deadline. You know, who's going to have a better trade deadline acquisition than that? <laughs> yeah. That kind of gives him a boost. I think that would overshadow any hard feelings about him missing the first few months. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, with that, um, we will let you go, Steve. Um, thank you so much for for coming on. Again, please subscribe to Steve's uh, Substack. Uh, it's free, uh, and you get multiple posts, uh, you know, a week on your Brooklyn Nets, um, as well as um, the Jets and uh, the New Jersey Devils. Um, thank you so much, Steve, uh, for coming on. Thank you, guys. Best of luck. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. No problem. Shit me. Yeah, I'm going to start the ad read. F me in the hole, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that hole's getting enough. Go get your water. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that, I think that's the whole point of doing an ad read. you got to get your All water. Right, all right, intro, folks. The NBA is back in at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, folks, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Simon? You, you've come back at a perfect time, Simon, because I've got a suggestion for you that I, I think you'd be a fool not to suggest, and that is this. Okay. So why not make your roster Washington, Washington, Washington? <laughs> oh, yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. Would you hammer the bullets or do you not have it up, my friend? Uh, I know that you shared it with me, but ah, weirdly, Don't worry I don't... about it. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin <laughs> in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Simon, I got a call to action for you, and this is one for the ages. <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DTBPN. Sorry, just screamed that into the microphone. Bet just $5 on an NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Six supply to DraftKings.com. So that's for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, good Simon, grief. 
<laughs> that was great, William. You 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 took us home there. Yeah, so that was fun. I, I bobbled the ball. I I was uh, James Harden getting weirdly stripped by uh, Sadiq Bay. By Sadiq Bay there, and you uh, you were Kevin Durant coming through in the clutch. Well, I gotta say, as always, Simon, it was an absolute pleasure talking with Steve. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he's still got it. That guy. I don't understand if you're, your uh, let's say he's your mentor, he's your idol, <laughs> and he's yeah. he's uh, the closest thing outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Daniel Plukinodo that exists. <laughs> And he is optimistic about James Harden. <laughs> he thinks this team is getting to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Meanwhile, you, his protege, his supplicant, his <laughs> <laughs> supplier. Right. We're, we're starting to use some offensive words about me. Uh, uh, no, no, no. But it says sycophant. <laughs> uh, all of these things are, are objectively true about you. Uh, and yet you refuse the sage advice of your master and you insist that this team is going to collapse, that this team is uh, is a train wreck, that I, this team is in disaster mode, that it's irredeemable, that I it's hopeless. Quickly, yeah, I, I just want to quickly assure Steve Lichtenstein and our listeners that he is in no physical danger. Uh, <laughs> I do not have a weird obsession with Steve Lichtenstein. Which I feel is what William is implying here. It's a okay. Everything's normal. So here's what I would say. Yeah, I just don't. I I don't agree because both you and Steve. Okay, let, let's just. There's two things here. One is <laughs> the guy. The guy suffered a hamstring injury. It's not like the guy's leg fell off. Uh, he or he like got his hammy got dinged up. You ever had a hammy dinged up? He had a second degree strain of his hamstring didn't require surgery and like people are acting like oh my god well yeah the guy you know he's not gonna be able to play basketball after a hamstring hurt um i just don't i mean kevin durant had a hamstring injury last year that took him out for the better part of half a season uh and um he was fine he came back and it wasn't like well, well kevin's gonna need you know a while to get up to nba game speed and you know, not I Harden had nine turnovers last night. Uh, we watched him against the Hawks. He he looks like a bum out there. So um, I I understand it's early, but like, what are the indications? Like, you know, the you know his his age, his mental fortitude. The other thing is, yeah, his, his mental state. I don't think is is very. It's not totally solid up there so i yeah those 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 continue to you know it's another week it's another bad string of games for for harden here so i mean this feels to me like your star is born moment <laughs> what does that mean oh that the sort of uh student is is killing oh. the master well that isn't <laughs> That isn't what happened in that movie at all. Well, that's the basic premise, okay? That's the no, idea. It, the is it, is it the... No, that the protege, you know, eventually surpasses the the person uh -huh. that brought and, them and, in. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't... I certainly wouldn't say that. Um, and I don't think our podcast numbers would say that either. But, um, but 
uh, no, I, I, I just disagree with, with both you and, and Steve, two people that I have a whole lot of respect for. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, it was great talking with them. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Uh, we will certainly have him back in the future, maybe pre playoffs. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Simon, we both mentioned we had some stat station action for our listeners. Yes. What's your stat station? All right, William, get ready for this. If you had to get, get try, give me a guess. Mm-hmm. What player on the Nets do you think ha- holds this distinction? Yes. We are, the Nets are 40 and 9 when they are in the starting lineup. 40 and 9 when they are in the starting lineup. Uh, Blake Griffin? Close. It is the one, the only, Bruce Boogie Down Brown. Bruce Boogie Down Brown. Of course, that's a much better answer. Okay, because it's the right answer. Uh, okay. What? Is, so, so are you asking me how that makes me feel? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess I, I mean, like this, this win streak corresponds pretty tightly with him being in the starting lineup. I know we had both been down on him, perhaps most especially you in the in the beginning here in the preseason in the early season. I wasn't down on him. I just didn't see – did, it didn't seem like there was a route to him getting playing time. Right. Right. Uh, but, yeah, no, no. That's, those, those are numbers that uh, you, can't, you can't turn your nose up at. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I agree. I was surprised. That's why it made my stat station. That's a fascinating stat station, Simon. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, great. Let's keep him in the starting lineup. Done. <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah that's my takeaway from that (laughs) all right so i've got some that go from pretty meaningless to uh kind of interesting so first one nets are tied for fourth in the league in blocks per game wow yeah that's about all you can say about that kind of weird that is weird maybe i I would i mean especially with nick claxton i don't really know who 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 the who a rim protector is on this team i completely agree uh nets are first and i almost brought this up when steve was talking aldridge nets are first in the league in percentage of points scored in the mid-range yeah 14 percent of our points are coming from the mid-range i think that's largely to do with lamarcus yeah and, and kd will take a shot in the mid-range yeah no but kd too. is 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 money from the well i guess lamarcus is pretty damn good too so far so far, yeah. So, oh, uh, no, I'm going to save this one for next week. I'm going to say it. it's PER related. Sounds like you took a look at the. Uh, now, if you could move your clapping. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know you could the, hear that. You didn't know I could hear <laughs> you wrapping your knuckles into the microphone. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't only hear it, I could hear basically nothing else. So. <laughs> <laughs> i'm loving this yeah yeah you were going with those knuckles <laughs> sounds like you looked into offensive and defensive rating right i did yeah you said oh, we're seventh no, in defensive rating okay so we're we're 20th in offensive rating seventh in defensive rating right that's a yeah. head scratcher that's counterintuitive that's not what anyone would think this team would look like at any point in the season, I know it's quite early. It's a small sample size, but still weird. 
Uh, further compounding this weirdness, net ratings, right? Yeah. We are currently 14th at 1.2. The Lakers are 15th. And the Bucks, the third team that was a prohibitive favorite this season, is currently 19th in net rating at negative 1.1. So we're wringing our hands. Oh, my God, is this team any good? Are they going to get out of the first round of the playoffs? Is James Harden the worst player of all time? Blah, 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 blah. But I would just say if there's anything we can take away from these net ratings, Lakers look like bums, Bucks look like bums, we look like bums, or at least middling teams, is that maybe this season, the beginning of it anyway, as people adjust to the new way that the game is called, as certain teams with lots of new faces uh, integrate with one another, as Milwaukee gets through all these injuries that they have, Maybe we press pause on throwing up a power ranking that has the Wizards and the Bulls at the top of the East and uh, the Nets somewhere down in, in play-in contention. What do you think Ooh. about that? Uh, I'm smashing that panic button. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes, it, it is early. I, I just, you know, I, I see few signs of hope. I mean, I wish we could play the Pistons all the time. Um I do. I think we would definitely beat them nine times out of ten. Um, but, uh, you know, against the better teams, I'm not sure. I mean, we have a couple of decent wins. We have a win against the the Sixers, and we have a win against the Hawks. Those are the two. And your Wizards. Decent... And your Wizards. Oh, right. The Wizards, yeah. So if you're buying the hype on the Wizards, yes, we have three wins. All right. Well, this is a perfect time to transition to bummer alert. Our new segment. Oh, terrific. I love Bummer Alert. Bummer Alert is the following, Simon. Brian Lewis, not a friend of the show, unfortunately, has not come on. Would love to have him on. He has an open invitation to come on anytime he'd like. Brian Lewis is mostly behind a paywall now. Yeah, well, at least, yeah, somewhat. I've seen fewer um, little locks on his articles lately like there was like a time i don't know if you saw this in the off season it was like lock 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 city up there yeah no i the last two i've tried to get to i haven't been able to Mm. uh for me that's a bummer alert i agree because while i love brian lewis i (laughs) reading the new york post is one thing paying the new york post might be a bridge too far for me both for political reasons but also because the actual site experience on there is hellish. Yes, the it feels like your computer you and... is being infected yes. with a virus yes. uh, on every page. Yeah. It, it has, like, all of the charm of, like, early internet. Like, oh, you entered a site that is not good. Like, you need a new computer immediately because <laughs> you went to, like, this eBay listing that is a fake eBay listing. Now you're locked up. Right. Uh, so that's my bummer alert. It's a quick, quick segment. It's a great segment. I love bummer alert. I cannot say that. <laughs> you should really be doing bummer alert with what a bummer <laughs> you are being on the nets this year. <laughs> I'm having fun with it though, William. <laughs> All right. Final, final segment I've got. And then I can't wait to hear your just general thoughts on, um, 
what's happening in Washington, how the uh, the Democrats continue to inspire uh-huh. uh, and bring the people what they need and want uh, yeah. and other issues. But first, yeah. I want to get to Consumerism Corner, Simon. The headline reads, Kevin Durant sets up a blank check company to raise $200 million for new acquisitions. So he and Rich Kleiman have announced uh, a setting up of a special purpose acquisitions company, SPAC, called Mm. Infinite Acquisition Corp. I think in our really shitty um, rebranding of like of uh, offshore companies last week. Yeah, yeah. We came up with cooler names than, well, one of us did. Cooler names <laughs> than Infinite. Oh, well, was Prince. One of <laughs> One of yours was uh, a paragraph. Um, no, it was four words. It was <laughs> from hero to villain. Corp. Uh, Infinite Acquisition Corp. We can agree. Shitty, shitty name. They're yes. hoping to raise $200 million using their success as investors. Simon, you're saying you're unclear on what a SPAC is. Yes. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Uh, I don't have anything to, to add on this particular thing, but I do have a tangential point that I can get to if, if once so, you've, you've laid the groundwork here for the, the so meat on the sp- bones. Right. So. A, sp- a SPAC and why they call it a blank check company is because they're shell companies that are used as vehicles to eventually take another company public, right? And you don't know what the hell that company is. You just know that whoever puts their name on it, their face on it, uh, you trust is a savvy investor, right? You're looking at Rich Kleiman and you're saying, that dude knows how to do something with money. Um, So they... They were popular in the 80s, and that's when they became known as the blank check companies. Um, They were also hotbeds for fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, Though rules surrounding them have been ever so slightly tightened to make them less uh, overtly fraudulent. You do have now some recourse to getting your money out. Uh-huh. Um, once it's actually announced what they intend to invest in. Got it. So if they're, yes, you know, you could, you could think of, of infinite acquisition corp coming up with a completely ludicrous thing and taking your money out. If they're like, yeah, we want to back Spencer Dinwiddie's new, um, cameo company. Right. You, you could, you could get out, but it sounds like it's going to be fairly cheap to get in on this action. What, what's the price? I think it's 10 bucks. No, ten dollars. That's what it said in the Nets Daily article. Huh? I just assumed these were like million dollars. I thought it would be. I thought it would be. I thought it would be much more hedgy, like as well, where you you don't even you can't even talk to them unless unless you're bringing uh, seven figures to the table. Right. Um. So, William. Yeah. Well, can I, is it time for my tangential point? Well, I mean, I'm just curious. Would you ever be interested? And in how much do you think we could we could raise were we to form a SPAC? Me and you? Yes, yeah, savvy investors Simon and William. Uh, I would say I think we could probably raise a hundred dollars. 
from whom out of curiosity i think i could probably get hillary to pity me twenty dollars okay. and i could it could be a fraudulent sort of thing where i give her twenty dollars back and then we put twenty dollars of quote unquote hers into them right and so then we're really only having to raise eighty more dollars correct mundo <laughs> Um, exactly. But I think, you know, Seth, he's a nice guy. Okay. You can always, you can always get somebody who's nice to, to, um, give you 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say it'll be around, around a hundred. What about you? Uh, yeah, not much more, but not much more than that, which would make it really hard to have an effective SPAC, but. Still a noble, yeah. noble pursuit. Noble pursuit. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, okay. So, what is your tangentially related? Here I come. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Um, it is. Do you think? Because it seems like these days, William, if you're if you're reading the news, if you're reading the the, the journal, the the Wall Street Journal, uh huh, you're seeing nothing. I but read the Financial some... Times. Oh boy. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. Read, I don't read either of those. So, I it seems to me that celebrities and investing yes. are all the rage. Yes. And what I don't know is is that has that always been the case? No, this is a that's the thing with these spacs. Right, it's celebrity. Yeah, and it's spacs is just one thing because they also are you know it's like oh Kevin Durant in, invested in like X Y Z company. Um, you know, that, that they make those that public and like clearly as, um, Brian Winhurst was saying on some podcast a while ago, like that comes at a price, right? That, that also means that Kevin Durant got a discount, um, so that that company could say Kevin Durant is investing in, in XYZ company. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's also like the, the, the NFTs, which we were discussing the other day, like. Celebrity, that seems like a perfect celebrity, and I'm sure they are in on this, but like just, you know, if, if, if an NFT, a, a sort of inherently worthless thing, it's perfect for a celebrity because a celebrity can say, hey, this inherently worthless thing is worth something because I like it. And it's the, the Kevin Durant NFT. Right. Or with the it. NFT, you can, I mean, even better, they can give celebrities NFTs, right? And mm -hmm. in the ledger for all time it will now record that that nft was owned by blank celebrity right which then makes the reselling of that particular nft all the more valuable because that has the provenance of having come from having once been owned by a celebrity right right so it just seems like there's yeah it's a lot of a lot of celeb investing yeah well i mean you know in a culture that reveres sort of celebrities above all else, right? And second to that is money, I suppose. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe the two they're, they're twin gods. Right, two great tastes. Uh, that come, why not? Taste great right, why not? Why not mer merge them together? I mean, there's no. Everything seems so made up anyway. It's mm -hmm. kind of nice to know that, like, hey, well, if I'm getting taken for a ride, right, which right, you certainly mm -hmm. are, right. uh, at least George Clooney is as well. Right. Yeah, now right. I'm on the same stupid boat as this beautiful person. 
Right. I, absolutely. I, I I agree with you. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I think it wouldn't hurt. Maybe next time. And now this is getting a little insider baseball for us to well, uh, hit me with it. Try. What if we try to get a celebrity to not invest financially, but invest maybe some of their social capital mm. in promoting our podcast? Yes, that would be that would be great. I would take anything from any celebrity. Okay, so. Let's see. Let's let's think of who are some people that we see at Nets games. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis, probably too big to come on a Nets podcast. Yep. Uh, but he was there with someone else, wasn't he? Oh, Pete Pete Davidson. Davidson. I don't know that they were sitting together, but they were at the same game. Yeah. Okay. Pete Davidson, too big. Um. Yes. Especially now. Have you seen this with him possibly dating a Kim Kardashian? Oh Jesus. Okay. All right. All yeah, right. That's, out of that's our league. Out of our league. Fries. Okay. So then, who else? Uh, Steve Madden, uh, known <laughs> insider trading, probably <laughs> I, has gotten involved in some SPACs. Honestly, we could oh, we could get yeah. the inside take on the world of SPACs from him. But do you think he is too big of a celebrity? I think that's kind of the the you're getting into. I think we're getting closer. You're getting warmer. Okay. Uh, French Montana. Who? I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at my list of celebrities who they sh- go to at games that I'm not aware of. French Montana. French Montana. Yeah. You think we could get him on? I don't know who that is. No. I, I mean, so maybe that's a good sign. I think it's probably a bad sign. He, that probably means he's even cooler than anyone right, else we've right. talked about. Honestly. He's from Casablanca, which is pretty damn cool. Mm. He's a Moroccan-American rapper. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's from Casablanca. He's wow. from... <laughs> yeah. Maybe not today. Uh, um, okay, but, but, but be serious here. Oh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Semi-washed. Nobody really cares about Ethan Hawke anymore. Yeah. But he's a Nets fan. He's at some games. He's at some games. Um, happy to reach out. Are you? I mean, I don't know his email, but well, give it to me. I'll plug it in. No, I mean, <laughs> you're you, you work in, in. you work in PR. You can figure shit like it. that out, right? You do it. You do it. Bummer <laughs> alert. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Bummer alert. You can tell me to, but if I don't have his email, I'm not going to do it. And even if I did, probably not going to do it. <laughs> Here, let me do a quick Google. Of okay, Ethan, we'll Ethan we'll Hawk contact information. Ethan Hawk email. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do publicity. Okay. That'll, that'll get me to it. Publicity, Ethan Hawk, IMDb. It's, uh, hmm. No, that that's not the right. I got an. These are just interviews he's done. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> We're getting a glimpse behind one of the great PR men of our age. Okay. Uh oh, I got a paid side here. Looks like uh, <laughs> booking, booking ag, booking ag. A, oh, booking agent info. I can't read as well as I'm not a good. Um, oh shit! Good... I got an idea. I've got an idea. I've got. An yeah. Idea. Okay. Okay better stop me before i pull up my credit card here for the... 
no, feel you can you can do that while I'm giving this idea. Feel free, uh, feel free to commit yourself to whatever paid site that is. Create an account here. Uh, <laughs> can you at least do a trial and cancel it before you get payment? Not on BookingAgentInfo.com. <laughs> they know you get one taste and you're gone. Okay, what if we got several celebrities through Cameo? To be like, hey, what's up? Maybe next time. And then we just hammer in our show notes and on social media. Like, Heather Locklear is guesting on our episode. Because uh, we like because we record her right. cameo saying hello to maybe next time. So that, William, is brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> Here is one little caveat. I have just one little spoke in the wheels, which is why I have not left bookingagentinfo.com yet. <laughs> okay, good. Because bookmark that, by the way, just in case something <laughs> your computer crashes, we need to get back there. Bookmark it. That's a very it has a very similar setup to the New York Post um, in terms of infecting my computer. But um I do I do think that some probably not all, but some um, of those cameos, the people do explicitly say no promotion. No promo. Oh, right. Okay. Because this is too good of an idea to. Yeah. yeah I mean, certainly it's been tried idea. before. But, but some of those, you know, lowly dogs on that site probably can't, you know, they can't make those kind of highfalutin demands. Okay. So give me, give me one name of someone like a comic, maybe a comic. Who- hey. Uh, did you ever watch that Gary Goldman special? Gary Goldman? Gary Goldman, yeah. Gary it's a, it's a Goldman. Good... No. Gary Goldman. Gary Goldman. Give me an <laughs> give me an example of what a joke. So he uh he does this joke about how when he was a kid, like people just didn't drink water. Yeah. Like the only <laughs> time you get water is like the three seconds when your teacher has like everyone line up for the water fountain after recess and she gives you till three Mississippi to get as much water as you're ever going to get for the entire day. I really hadn't thought about that in a long time, but I do remember the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that. He's very, he's very funny. Um, but he's also clinically depressed, which I think is something we could prey on. Okay, is he from Brooklyn or? Uh, I think he's from New York. Yeah. Okay, so could be interested in some way in the Nets. Yes. Okay, Gary Goldman. Uh, <laughs> he got to start somewhere. We're definitely <laughs> this podcast is certainly not better than a Gary Goldman. No, it's not. Uh, he's playing Carnegie Hall later this month. He's like. playing Carnegie Hall. My God. Yeah, get him. Is he on BookingAgent.com? <laughs> I got to sign up to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Just use Hillary's credit card. Yeah, exactly. That old fat cat. (laughs) She won't miss it. Well, surely she has some contact with celebrity at her job. I don't really think that much. I mean, she, she probably, she knows colleagues that do, but she's not in the the celeb buzz game. Do you maybe, do you think Buck could connect us with someone? Yeah. Buck could definitely connect us to a completely washed, totally irrelevant celeb that honestly is something (laughs) i might need to put a little bug in the ear of yeah i think it wouldn't hurt can i tell you one person he introduced us to william and this is completely true the real kramer uh the person that at least claims 
<laughs> was the uh, was the inspiration. For so Kramer. was it like Larry David's neighbor or what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I would take the real Kramer on this. Like <laughs> sight unseen, I would talk <gasps> nets with the real Kramer. Sounds honestly in insufferable the person, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. would be fun. I think it might be hard to uh, to get them to use Skype correctly, mm. or yes, full stop. I think you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, definitely worth a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so Gary Goldman or the real Kramer, we'll we'll start there. <laughs> And we'll work ourselves up to a Sudeikis or a, or a, uh, a French Montana type down yeah, the road. Ex- exactly. That uh, sounds right. A Travis Scott, a Gunna, Lil Yachty. <laughs> oh, Travis Scott. People just died at a Travis Scott concert. Oh, God. Right. There was like yeah. a, a crush. Like there was like a rush. You know how cars can sometimes be packed and you sort of. Maybe you've been in those kind of crowds and you've thought, like, if somebody just decided to, like, push and cause a panic, like, people could die. Well, that happened. Oh, God. Well, sorry to bring yeah. bring the mood down. Yeah, yeah. Um, though, that said, he's probably, if we said we have a friendly space. Right, exactly. You can give his side of the story at this <laughs> deadly concert. Okay. <laughs> this is taking a turn. <laughs> Let's just not do Travis Scott right now. Right now, yeah. Unless, I mean, it, honestly, if Travis Scott would like to come on, we could, it, we would provide that space. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Salen. No, I don't know. No, I don't know him either. David Beckham was there. Right, looking, looking great. Um, Nick Salen. This can't possibly be someone. I'm looking up Nick Salen, and it doesn't even. That Google search doesn't might, return might have anything. The name down wrong. I think I wrote the name down wrong. He's a project manager at the university of northern colorado i don't think that's our guy no honestly. but he could probably get him on yeah he's a project <laughs> manager after let all. let me see if he's on booking info booking agent info.com uh all right so listeners we have wasted a, a tremendous amount of your time <laughs> uh regaling you with future guests we actually do have another guest next week they're not a celebrity per se they're a celebrity in the limited world of nets nation absolutely definitely a celebrity in in and on nets twitter in the nets media world for sure yeah uh what what's the name uh matt brooks matt brooks matt brooks we're gonna give it away i mean if you've listened to the 122 44 mark you deserve to know who we're having on next week. Matt yeah. Brooks is coming on. We're going to do a hard hitting, uh, hard hitting interview. Um, in the style of what? What interview talk show would you say we're going to emulate? Has anyone seen Frost versus Nixon? The Frost <laughs> Nixon. Okay. That should give you some idea. Don't tell Matt, but that's kind of what we're aiming for. Here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to see this guy sweat. <laughs> uh, and then after we get Matt, Matty boy on, uh, we will go. I think I, I'm, I'm genuinely Simon loving the idea of getting a, a extremely minor celebrity to just come on and talk about the nets. Sure. 
if you listeners know a celebrity of any stature, right, uh, could be a local, right? Could be like a, if you're in Albuquerque and you're listening and, it, and you know Bob Turner or know someone yeah. who could get us in touch with Bob Turner. Because uh, that guy, Simon, you know he's not going to bring any bull to this show. No, he's. it's going to be a bull-free it's gonna episode. It's going to be a bull-free episode, which I think, f- for the most part, we try to keep it bull-free around here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, neither of us are, are bull-forward people. No. Hate bull, always have. Always have. So anyway, if you know a celebrity, local, national, regional, or international... Uh, we, we would love to talk about the Nets with them. Also, if they are kind of not that into basketball or the Nets, we could keep it basketball light and talk more about things that they're interested in projects. They're working on projects. Yeah, that's Um, right. Exactly. We'll push, we'll push some product. We'll push, we'll get heads and beds. Okay. (laughs) That's our, that's our, Ooh, HGTV stars. Yeah, those yeah. people would probably be extremely flattered that someone wanted to talk to them about a podcast on a podcast. Uh, you might be surprised, but you know, sure, I'll see. I if mean, they're... I'm not talking about the Chip and Joanna; they're getting their own spinoff network types. I'm talking like third. Someone who is on House Hunters. No, no, no. <laughs> but someone who is like. Who is hosting like, uh, you know, apartment remake in the Boston suburbs or something. And they got picked up just because they needed content on HGTV. Uh, That type of thing. Okay. Okay. So like a show that we've never actually watched, but is somehow on HGTV. Got it. Um, Okay, great. You seem enthused about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta get what you get. Right, right, right. You gotta spend money to make money. Okay, Simon, uh, would you get us out of here? Yeah. Wait, I don't get people. Out. Oh, oh. Let me just quickly say, folks, please send us your your emails, your your comments, your thoughts to maybe next time at gmail dot com or at maybe next time on Instagram and Twitter. Please review us wherever you can, wherever you see this podcast. Uh, five stars, please. Any lower, um, and I'll rescind my um, ask. So we have back-to-back. Oh, we have Raptors, Bulls, Magic, Pelicans before we play, before we meet again. Oh, and then the Thunder. Wow, three ex- the three worst teams in the NBA, Magic, Pelicans, Thunder coming up, Raptors, Bulls, both supposedly good. I suspect we'll get five wins in a row. Simon, where are you on that? Whoa, five wins in a row. I think we're going to go three and two. Three and two, baby. Okay. With that, folks, uh, with that bummer alert, we will go (laughs) ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like pina colada.